church. Welcome. We're going to begin our time of worship as is our custom to read God's word to each other. We're going to be reading from Exodus chapter 15. We're going to read the first three verses and then 11 through 13 together. This is the song that the Israelites sang just after they crossed the Red Sea. We're the Red Sea together. The Lord parted the way and they worshiped God together. And what's what we're going to do? Would you stand to your feet and let's read these words to each other out loud. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. They said, I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. He has thrown the horse and its rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. And then verse 11. Lord, who is like you among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, revered with praises, performing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, and the earth swallowed them. With your faithful love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. You will guide them to your holy dwelling with your strength. Amen. Let's sing together praises to God. Failing you give 
to us in Jesus Christ. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness. Poured on us through Jesus. Thank you for your goodness. Poured on us through Jesus. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your Mercy's unending, love never failing, generous King, you give out of your fullness, showering kindness, you give, generous King, mercy's unending, love never failing, you Jesus Messiah 
You may be seated. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Hebrew Baptist Church. I'm Pastor Sean, and we are glad that you're here this morning and worshiping the Lord, who is Lord of all. Amen? Boy, what a great singing this morning out of the congregation. We're so thankful that we can come and praise his wonderful name. Welcome to Hebrew Baptist Church. I'm Pastor Sean. I'm not Pastor Alan. Uh, and uh, welcome you here this morning. We at Hebron Baptist Church want to help you. So if you've been looking for a church and how you might grow in Christ, we hope that you come and stay here at Hebron Baptist Church because we want to help you take your next step in your walk with Jesus Christ. Wherever you are, if you've just come to faith or haven't come to faith, or you've been a believer for a long time, we want to help you and encourage you grow in the likeness of Jesus. And so we're glad that you're here and we get to do this together, worship together. We're so glad that we can be in the Lord's house this morning. First of all, if you're a guest with us, we hope that you feel welcome today. Uh, and you uh, have already been welcomed this morning, but I want to welcome you this morning. Uh, in the pew in front of you is a Connect card. And if this is your first time with us today, please fill that Connect card out. Uh, we want to know that you're here, connect with you, but also answer any of your questions that you might have about Hebron Baptist Church. And if you fill that out today, you can go to the Next Steps desk, which is through the double doors and to your immediate left, and they have a gift for you if you would show that and give that to them this morning. We want to make sure that you feel welcome. We have some nice treats, I believe, in that bag for you this morning. So we're glad that you're here. Secondly, all of you, we're glad you're here, members and uh, regular attenders and and everyone in between, we're so glad you're here and you've already participated in worship this morning by singing and welcoming a guest and all sorts of different things this morning. But we do invite you to be a part of worship this morning as you give. You know, we have the blessing and opportunity the Lord gives uh, to us to provide for our financial needs. But by doing so and giving financially to the church, uh, sends the gospel to the ends of the earth. We are funding missionaries because of your faithful giving. We were able to do Bible school a couple of weeks ago because of your faithful giving. We, were, we sent and scholarshiped a whole team to go to Salt Lake City because of your faithful giving. So we have an opportunity to worship the Lord, give him a Thanksgiving offering today. Hopefully regularly we're doing that in our tithes and offerings. So on your way out today, make sure through the 
the black boxes that are on the back wall that you will give a gift as you leave or right there in the pew in front of you or you can use this screen right here you can uh, if you like to give electronically you can use your you know your feature to to scan that and give electronically uh, you can use the boxes as i said you can come by the church office monday through thursday 9 to 4 30 or friday 9 to noon or you can write in if you're at home and you just can't get here for some reason p.o box 92 hebron kentucky 41048 and they will deliver it to our post office box and uh, so you can do that faithfully as well we're thankful that we can give as part of our worship but one of the things the bible tells us to do so you know when we come to worship we follow the bible as well right the bible tells us that we should read scripture we've done that this morning the bible tells us that we're seeing we've done that this morning the bible tells us to give hopefully you've done that this week or or you do that today but the bible also tells us to pray so let's together go as god's people to his throne this morning and pray for one another heavenly father we are thankful this morning that we come here knowing that it is here we know in your name jesus name that salvation is found and that it is in faith in you alone that we can be saved and we as your redeemed people come to gather to give you worth and value and ascribe and sing because of the great work you have done in our life but god we are reminded in our values that we should have the desire and the passion and and the push of urgent evangelism we know that god there are many people right here in our community that are far from you that maybe even have never even heard of you or maybe they came and had some sort of experience with church somewhere but god those those roots of fruit never came out so lord we we know that those apart from your son jesus christ will be separated from you forever lord we know as we watch what's happening in today's world that the time is near so lord put in our hearts put in our minds put it as the desire the understanding of urgent evangelism that we need to be faithful sharing the gospel every day every week looking for every opportunity and lord find us faithful find us faithful in sharing the good news of your son jesus christ because your word says that when the word is preached lord you will call those to be saved so lord help us to be urgent in our evangelism lord we know as we have gathered here in this place that we come from all sorts of different areas we pray uh, specifically for needs in our own church family we pray for chuck reinhardt lord recovering in rehab lord we we pray god that you would help the rehab help him to strengthen him lord just god we pray that we can say a mighty work of healing has been done in his life we pray for carol lord as as her concern and going to care for him i just pray we pray for her lord we lift up carl smith who's in rehab as well lord just pray that you would knit together his bones strengthen it str help him to get home and lord we just pray that he would be healthy and strong and could get back to some regular routine and lord we pray that lord you keep him from continuing to suffer and fall so often that he has been and lord we we pray lord for the the world we pray lord we see 
all that's going on. God, you call in your word for us to pray for our, our leaders, uh, our political leaders, our leaders in our church, and, and all others. And we, Lord, we lift up the president this week as he's uh, had COVID. We pray that his symptoms never get severe. We pray that you'd keep him safe. Lord, that you'd keep all of our leaders safe as we know that there's so many things going on in the world that need their attention. And we pray, God, that they would turn to you and the wisdom of the word as they lead and guide our country. Lord, we pray for the continuing conflict in Ukraine. and Lord, the believers that we know that are there are faithfully sharing the gospel. The church that is still there, the people that are there being faithful to you and faithful to their family, we pray for protection, but God, we pray to hear a word of what you are doing in their midst of multiplying the gospel through this dark time. And we pray, God, whatever the end of this conflict is, we pray that we know what the world intends for evil. God, you always mean it for good. And we pray that your church would grow. God, today we lift up for our, our missionaries, one, Carl Porter and his wife, Sarah, and, and the kids. God, as they are faithfully sharing the gospel there in Rotten, that they are uh, in, in England, we pray, God, as the, the church plan is getting their, starting to get their feet and their plans together. And Lord, we pray for their protection as they travel here this week to join us even next Sunday to hear what God is doing there, but to also for his expertise to train us in evangelism that we can be even more faithful here. We're thankful for gospel partners uh, all over the globe that we get to care for them but they care for us and that we know that we can both be encouraged the church abroad and church local can encourage each other to be faithful so lord we pray for the porter family that their ongoing ministry protect their family and protect their travel as they join us uh, these next this next week lord we pray god uh, this this morning that you would help us and understand, uh, as we've talked about urgent evangelism, that we fully admit to you right now, Lord, that there were opportunities this week that we did not take advantage of, that we stayed silent instead of being courageous and bold. There are people that we know that we said that we would pray for and think about last week that we never reached out to knowing that, God, you were starting and wanting us to have faithful, everyday gospel conversations with them. God, help us to know that, that we've, we've been lax when we've had opportunities to be at gospel to every home, that we found other excuses not to participate. Lord, help us to see the urgent nature of lostness in our world. Help us to be faithful. God, we come to you admitting that we have failed. But when we come to you, we see an unending, unending grace and forgiveness. Thank you for forgiving us, Lord. Thank you for the cross of Jesus Christ that makes us and helps us as we by faith receive this forgiveness. Lord, knowing this good news that we have been covered by the blood of Jesus, May we be all the more faithful to you. And Lord, may we celebrate this good gospel that we've been saved by. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you stand and let us celebrate together what Christ has done to forgive us when we are faithful to confess our sins to him. And uh, 
and what it can be, continues to do in our lives.
thing we can turn our eyes to Christ. Amen. Turn in your copy of God's Word or into your devices to Isaiah chapter 12. Isaiah chapter 12, if you want to follow along in the translation that I'm reading from, it's page 611. 611 in the Pew Bible that's in front of you. We're concluding this series on Isaiah. We're stopping in this kind of section chapter 12 because if you read the beginning of verses of chapter 13, a pronouncement concerning Babylon that Isaiah's son of Amos saw. That starts a new section, and so we're going to kind of stop here, and in a few weeks we're going to come back to the Gospel of Matthew, uh, kind of after a little break. So we're, uh, uh, we're concluding these first 12 verses, uh, chapters of Isaiah, and uh, we are looking today where almost all the songs we sang today are looking at Jesus looking at his grace looking and remembering who Jesus is and that is what the context and the message of Isaiah 12 is that we be reminded of God's all-conquering grace so let's read that together and then we'll pray and see what the Lord has for us today on the Lord on that day you will say I will give thanks to you, Lord, although you were angry with me. Your anger has turned away, and you have comforted me. Indeed, God is my salvation. I will trust in him and not be afraid. For the Lord, the Lord himself, is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. You will joyfully draw water from the springs of salvation, and on the day on that day you will say give thanks to the Lord proclaim his name make his works known among his peoples declare his name is exalted sing to the Lord for he has done glorious things let this be known throughout the earth cry out and sing citizen of Zion for the Holy One of Israel is among you in his greatness let us pray Heavenly Father we come to you this morning to the gift of your word the word is perfect and sure and its message is to us right now today God today we need a supernatural change of our hearts and affections Holy Father today we need a supernatural ability to obey you and to follow you Today, God, we need your spirit through your word to direct our lives and to change us. That God, your people would be more faithful, more in love with you. And God, we would declare your all-conquering grace.
ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever been so excited about something that you, maybe when nobody else is around you, look and you do a little dance or, or you sing, you just start singing, you start whatever song that comes to your file, your memory, and you start singing. Well, you know, if you ever watch musicals, that's what happens a lot, right? They're just talking and walking down the street and then everybody breaks into song and dance and it's just so weird and you're like, what's going on? Now, I love musicals. I know my friends, some of my friends don't like musicals at all because they're like, if everybody just started standing up and singing, I would think they've been poisoned and they're hallucinating. What is going on? What? This is not reality. So some people just can't do that, but that's, that's what they do. So they emote through their, their song and what they're feeling comes out in song. And so... Just this past week, I was watching the the new movie, the new version of West Side Story, and that's just one of the classic. If you listen to music or musicals, that's one of the classics. Probably four or five top, you know, I don't know, musical songs in there. Uh, Tonight, um, uh, America, um, all sorts of and all sorts of great songs. The song that I sing to myself when I get in the mirror in the morning I feel pretty oh so pretty but you know there's a part in the the movie when Tony meets Maria for the first time he kisses her he's just walking down the street he's like you know he just starts singing Maria most beautiful sound I ever heard Maria 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 you know he just can't help contain the feelings that he's feeling it's sort of like that scene in elf when buddy comes out and says i'm in love and i love and i don't care who knows it it's that feeling that you feel that you just can't keep whatever you are feeling inside come out well here in this scripture this song that isaiah concludes chapter 12 with those of us who are trusted in christ at times should be overwhelmed by the grace that we have received in Christ, that we, oh, we are overwhelmed, we are bubbling out, that we are overflowing with the joy and love that we have in Christ, that it can't be contained, that it, it must burst forth in some way. Maybe we're, we sing a worship song in the song, maybe in the, in the car, maybe it's, a, it's something we do or how we live or that we tell somebody about the goodness and grace of God. And, and here in Isaiah 12, Isaiah includes this song that in the list of songs, we, we read at the beginning a a song that Israel sings. That's not new to the scriptures. We see it all throughout. Moses sang by himself. Miriam led Israel in song. Uh, we, Jesus sang. Paul and Cyrus sang together and the house almost came down. You read Paul's writing and, and by the inspiration of God, he'll be reading about, uh, sharing about the, the wonderful excellencies of Christ and, and a hymn will be brought to his mind that he will he will bring down we we see this outpouring of song now i'm not saying that we as christians should be part of the you know the next musical that we should be running around dancing and singing like singing in the rain or, or, or anything like that We're, but there should be something about the joy that comes out of our life that 
when we see the reality of the depths of our sin that by no work of our own God gifted us with knowing and seeing that his son has died for us Isaiah here gives heart to a beleaguered remnant of Israel they were I mean, this section starts in chapter 6, and if you go back and rewind and think about especially 8, 9, and 10 and what all Isaiah has said is going to happen and, and the Syrians breathing down their neck and he's saying, y'all are going to fall and, and all this is going to come down in chapter 10 and you're going to look around and there's nobody left and only you who are a remnant will be left. Isaiah is saying to you, but here there is hope in God. And how do I know? God put his hope in me God had saved me and God's going to save you and if you think about this wonderful all conquering grace that you have in God gives you hope to carry on the original Hebrew as, as Isaiah has written this inspired by the Lord it does this wonderful double you section he says to you is in the singular and then to you plural in the first two verses he's talking to you singular you as a person a believer in God in Christ will have confidence you will be able to face all things because you have the confidence of God in your testimony that you have received grace you will be able to face anything because of the hope you have then he says to you or in our southern expression y'all to, to y'all will sing and shout because of this new community of grace God has put you in that you will have the same testimony of people throughout the world of God's redeeming grace, all conquering grace has come to you to then fashion you into something new to declare his good news to the world. Maybe you have come here today that you have just come to a place in your walk with Christ that you have forgotten all that all-conquering grace that has pulled you out of darkness. There's a song that the Gettys have in one of their albums. It's called, Don't Ever Lose Your Wonder. Maybe you have in your life become so dry that you've forgotten the wonder. Not wonder, the wonder that God has saved you out of grace. Maybe you're going through something right now a struggle, a strife, something that you can't see out of it, you need to be reminded of the all-conquering grace that God has done in your life will be with you even in that darkness. Or maybe today you've come distant from God, or maybe you've tried to find out more about Christ. You just, you, you see it, you're overwhelmed, you don't understand, even in your rebellion and disobedience, you don't you can't see God, but you know there's something there. We pray 
that through these words of Isaiah, that the Spirit would move in your heart, that you would see that even in your rebellion, even in your disobedience, even in the darkness, that you would see yourself just as Israel uh, had no hope, that in that hope, in that darkness, there was hope and the grace of God. That if today you would call out to God, today you would be saved. In this passage, there are three truths about God's all-conquering grace. If you're taking notes, number one is this. You can confidently declare your testimony of God's grace. You can confidently declare your testimony of God's grace. Verse 1 says, on that day, you, you singularly, will say, I will give thanks to the Lord, to you, Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger is turned away, and you have comforted me. Indeed, God is my salvation. I will trust him and not be afraid. For the Lord, the Lord himself is my strength, my song. He has become my salvation. I may have given some emphasis there that you might see. That there is confidence when you trust in the grace of God. First, we get this wonderful assurance of our personal testimony that if we trust in God by faith, not that we've fixed ourselves and come to God, not that we've come to Him with some sort of desirable feature, not that we've come to Him by any means other than Him sending His Son, dying on the cross, and making Himself known in our lives, that by faith, alone we are saved we can have assured trust in that testimony this triumph is the answer to what isaiah spoke again i said there's a section 6 to 12 do you remember how isaiah 6 said what did isaiah say or declare when he saw the lord oh woe is me for i am unclean lips what does he say now I will be assured that though you were angry with me, now you are my comfort. Oh, what a sweet testimony of those of us who are saved by grace. In chapter 12, Isaiah is celebrating this grace that has now come to him as saying to you, to others, that is your same song. That is your same life turn. That is your same message that you God was angry at you but now turning to him in faith he is your comfort we rightfully know that we cannot save ourselves and that is God's grace who has come to us in something that we did not deserve this opening and concluding truth that we say that I will give thanks to the Lord that, we, that he will say that God is my salvation to you, to Lord. This section of verse, verses 1 and 2, Isaiah is purposefully saying, God, this is you, your work in my life. This is you doing something in me because I had no hope. It is your grace, your work that has 
come and found itself in me. It is God in this thing that we see these characteristics that he says that in him he has found my trust. In him I have found the end of fear. In him is my strength and my song. See, we talked about last week, just quickly, we ran by this, that there's these, these motifs and these reminders that, that God is, that, that Isaiah is pulling back from the exodus, right? That he is saying that just like Israel was exodus, had an exodus from slavery to, uh, from slavery, we have our same personal exodus to salvation in Christ. And this continues on as he, as he recalls the words that we read in Exodus. We read in Exodus, uh, verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 13, he says, The blood on the houses where you are staying will be distinguishing mark. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will be among you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. We recall this Passover gift. The blood covers the sins of Israel, and the Spirit of God is, is, uh, it passes over them because there is a payment for sin. But they go on and sing in chapter t- uh, 15, The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise Him, my Father's God, and I will exalt Him. You see, this is a reminder of our plight, being under the wrath of God in our sin, but the same God paying for our sin, taking the wrath away from something else. In Exodus, it was the Lamb, but for us, it is the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who has died for our sin. You see, reconciliation to God was not our willingness to have God, but God's willingness to have us. God reconciled us to himself. And this is the wonder of the story, that God remedied, remedied the wrath that he had and paid for it himself through his son. The Bible calls this a big theological word, propitiation, a payment given on behalf of us for our sin. So then, God is our strength. The Lord who was under no obligation to do so might as well either have done nothing or acted otherwise has become our salvation and freely cast himself as our Savior. This stresses to us as we see this work that Isaiah tells us to sing about reminds us of God's grace and work in our lives if God has done it in us we can be assured of our testimony and salvation in Christ all of our testimonies are wrapped in God coming to us and revealing his son to us I think it's good for Christians to read biographies and it's always good to read the salvation stories we we should share our testimonies with one another in our life groups because it reminds us of the grace of God in others the same grace that came to us John Wesley who founded the Methodist movement and is is 
part of many of our great hymns that we sing he he was trying he, he talks about having to always trying to see like he, he was the god was just right there but he couldn't quite grab him and there, he was at a meeting at aldersgate when they were reading from luther's preface to the epistle of romans i mean that's how cool god is god use anything to bring salvation that declares the greatness of his son and that he was talking about the works of the heart of faith in christ and he says i felt my heart strangely warmed i felt i did trust in christ christ alone for salvation an assurance was given to me that was taken away my sins even mine and saved me from the law of sin and death or maybe the famous story of charles spurgeon spurgeon was was wandering around he was wanting to he knew that there was something about christianity and and in a snowstorm he was diverted to a little primitive methodist church in in england and and the pastor couldn't even make it that day that was how bad the snowstorm was that some lay person maybe it was a deacon it was someone got up in the pulpit and he preached isaiah 45 22 look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth he said this faithful lay person just got up and he just dove into this and he just kept saying as unto the trusted we now look to christ look unto me i'm sweating great drops of blood look unto me i'm hanging on the cross look unto me i'm dead and buried look unto me i rise again look unto me i ascend to heaven look unto me i'm sitting at the right hand of the father oh poor sinner look unto me look unto me and there was only 12 people in the room because of the snowstorm and they saw this you know this scraggly guy come in in the snowstorm and this guy just points to charles uh, charles spurgeon and says young man you look weary oh boy i mean talk about your seeker sensitive moment right there you know uh, guess we, we won't do that this morning uh, you look weird i mean you might look weird but i'm not gonna say it but he says young man you look very miserable young man look to jesus christ look 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 you have nothing to look but look and live Charles Spurgeon said that I saw at once the way of salvation. I know not what else he said. I didn't take much notice of it. But I possessed that one thought. I had been wanting to do 50 things, but then I heard that one word, look. What charming word it seemed. And there the cloud was gone. The darkness had rolled away. That moment I saw the sun that I could have risen in that instant and sung with the most enthusiastic of the precious blood of Christ and the simple faith which looks to him and gains salvation. Friends, that is the same of my testimony. I mean, for years I sat in the, the pew. I was, I tell people I was, a member of a Baptist church before I was born. That was the, I was there every Sunday and every Wednesday, and I was there and it even really responded because I knew I wanted to be on God's team and, and I didn't want to be on Satan's team, so that made sense to me. But it wasn't until later on, after I was 13, did I understand that God really shone through to my life that I understood the depth there was nothing that 
I could do. There was nothing that I deserved. And there was nothing but the blood of Jesus to cover me. And it was then that I know that God gripped my heart for salvation. Maybe that is your testimony. Maybe your testimony is totally different. But brother or sister, whatever your testimony of faith in Christ is, you can be assured of this. Verse 2, he says, the Lord, the Lord God. It was sure that Isaiah was making sure that none of us were in doubt. This God, Isaiah used the personal name for God to say this personal possession of God himself. The text literally reads, Yah, Yahweh is my strength and my song and has become my salvation. This is the work of God in saving you. And you can be sure of this grace that has come to you is that we don't have to go and look on the outside hoping that we might be able to obtain it with works or money or possessions or goodness. It's as if the shopkeeper won't even take what we have because everything is free. God is just calling us to come in. We should look to Christ. So brother or sister, look to Christ. If you are going through a dark time right now, look to Christ. Be reminded of the assurance of your salvation, that you are His, that it is the work of God, it is the work of Christ. And come back to Him. But maybe you are here today and I call to you just as that layperson in London did to Charles Spurgeon. Look to Christ. You might be trying to figure out Christianity or God or wherever that is. I encourage you to look to Christ. Look to what he has done. Look that he has paid for your death of your sins. Look that he how dark your rebellion is and there's no way out except for what he has done for you. Trust in him today. Trust in him today and be saved. And that will be your testimony forever. Number two, as we read this song, number two, we can enjoy the unending, we can enjoy the unending joy of God's grace. We can enjoy it, that this grace is not just for something, some bank for us to take in down the road. We can experience the grace and joy of our faith now verse 3 says you will joyfully draw water from the spring of salvation here we see that that we are reminded that we have a shared benefit this is where the switch of you that so Isaiah is saying you all those of you who have trusted in Christ you all now have this wonderful benefit to go by yourselves and to gather to the to the joy of Christ that you can remind each other of the joy that is in you what is it that we are promised in Christ both in the Old Testament and new Psalm 63 God you are my God and I eagerly seek you I thirst for you my body 
faints for you in a land that is dry, desolate, and without water. And what does Jesus say in John 4? Jesus said, everyone who drinks from this water will get never get thirsty again but uh, sorry and this water will get thirsty again but er, whoever drinks from the water that i will give him will never thirst again in fact the water i will give him will become a well of water springing up of eternal life look at this isaiah and jesus is saying there's a a spring this is unending you can keep going with buckets and and you know we worry about you know gas price and we we kind of modulated out we're trying to keep it but this he's saying no 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 it's free come fill it up fill up the tanks fill up the warehouse fill up whatever you need come to the joyful water that is in me this is a reminder of the life-giving fullness that we receive in jesus christ by grace that we are thirsty we are weary dirty people pulling up bucket of bucket of fresh cool water of endless supply drinking deeply pouring it over our heads dunking our faces in it splashing one another of this shared joy of christ joyfully drawing this water brings us life in god and life in the spirit commentator leon morris observed of this passage he says when a believer comes to christ and drinks he not only slakes his thirst, but receives such an abundant supply that veritable rivers flow from him. This stresses the ongoing nature of the spirit-filled life. On the contrary, there is nothing of the piety of the pond in Christianity. The stagnant experience or the piety of the pond is not of God. See, his Salvation, the springs of salvation, we can come to over and over again. So the well of love, the well of delight, the well of healing, we get access to this. But sometimes we forget that this well is ours to go to. You felt stagnant, that you know that your life is, you know you're a Christian, but you, something's just not right your prayer life is stagnated just things don't feel right brother and sister could it be that you have forsaken christ that you have forsaken him not been in the word we always think that there's something outside but but could it be us that we're not in the spirit we're not obeying in the spirit so we're quenching the spirit all the time and so no wonder we're stagnated Many right now are forsaking gathering with other believers in Christ. They've fallen out of the habit of gathering in the Lord's day and, and, and worshiping. Brothers and sisters, you cannot blame God if you're not going to the well of grace. He has given you that gift that you can go to freely. So I encourage you, where you find yourself, choose right now to, to draw on the depths of grace that God has given you to, to keep going. So wherever has found yourself stagnated, choose today to go back to the springs. Get more regular in your quiet time. Next month when D groups start back up, if you're not part of one, join one because you know 
that accountability is what you need to stay in the word and 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 to stay in the grace of god when life groups start back up in the next months you that you are around other believers that you that you work the muscle of obedience and sharing the gospel because when grace is is coming into you you can you're sharing it out and you're relying on god to share the gospel and you're you're relying on god to bring this person to faith and you're just relying on god so much that grace is overflowing in you if you know someone in your life maybe it's not you maybe there's someone you know right now that is stagnant in their faith maybe they've stopped being around other believers i encourage you to pull them drag them encourage them to the to the springs of grace of christ pray for them invite them into a, a d group or invite them to church you know, there's a, there's a song on the radio right now, Sunday Sermon, and there's a line that says, Satan taking me out of that church, but they can't take the church out of me. You know, it's kind of a neat little line. But I always think, wait a second, there's a, it's kind of they're declaring, oh, you can't take the church out of me. Well, that's true. We're saved in grace. We can't take that. But what's that first part? Satan's trying to take me out of the church. That's a problem. If we've allowed Satan to drag us out of the being in church and around other believers no wonder we have a dry well maybe we need to encourage someone else maybe ourselves have not been faithful maybe we need to go back to the wells of grace of god brothers and sisters god has given us a gift not that we wait later to receive this grace but we receive this grace right now how often are you going to the grace and well and spring of grace? Which leads us to the final, number three. We can sing and proclaim together about God's glorious grace. Verse four, and you, you all, y'all will say, give thanks to the Lord, proclaim his name, make his works known among the peoples, declare that his name is exalted. Brothers and sisters, thankfulness and praise overflow as they always must into evangelism. The rest of this brief chapter covers what we should be doing with the, the rest of our ongoing fleeting lives on earth, giving thanks to God, proclaiming his name among the nations, and celebrating his deeds among the people. This is nothing less than a worldwide mission of God's people to the world, declaring the work of the triune God in verse 6, it says, every citizen of Zion. Boy, this is a total different of the picture of the daughters of Zion that Isaiah gave earlier that were not very good. But here, what's happened, the redeemed are part of the worship-filled mission work of experiencing the greatness of God and declaring His name. This phrase literally means bring to remembrance continue to bring it up continue to remind people of the goodness of god remind yourselves but remind the world of the greatness of god for he the holy one of israel it says in verse six is among you in greatness why will missions continue to be our long-lasting work because the mission of god is to dwell among his people 
He was not content to stand off to a distance. He wanted to come to Israel and dwell among his people in Exodus. He dwelt among his people as he tabernacled among us in Jesus Christ. He indwells his people now through the Holy Spirit. And one day we will be in his presence great among us as he unites all of us in his presence for all eternity. God wants to be among his people. That is a wonderful message that we declare. Zechariah 2, 10 through 11, Daughter Zion, shout for joy and be glad, for I am coming to dwell among you. This is the Lord's declaration. Many nations will join themselves to the Lord on that day and become my people. I will dwell among you, and you will know that the Lord of armies has sent me to you. You know, I, I'm, I'm afraid that we as Christians are more known for what we're against than what we're for. And in our own dialogue and words and category, and just everyday conversation, we want to talk more about what we're against than the glorious riches of God who has done glorious things things for us on the earth that our conversations aren't filled with his goodness his majesty the goodness of his son Jesus Christ and our faith brothers and sisters has never been a private one the scriptures always talk about it being a public one and we have so privatized our faith that we are about as good as a mute being the lookout for the Titanic. We see a world going to destruction, and yet we have chosen to be silent. You know, this past week, there was shared around a video of a, the ring, like a ring doorbell camera where this, this woman was ringing the bell, knocking on the door. She was a neighbor. It was like 1 and 2 in the morning, and there was a fire in this person's garage. And, of course, it was separated, and they, she saw it, and she was out there saying, come, come to the door, come, hey, there's a fire in your thing. And she wouldn't let up. She wouldn't let up. Finally, you see toward the end of the video, the, the, the husband or father came out and was like, oh, my gosh. And he ran back in and saved 12 people. They had visitors in that week. Their house was filled. And because she could have just ignored us, oh, maybe they're doing a, you know, maybe they're burning something, you know. Maybe they're, you know, they could, I'll, you know, I'll call 911. I could, I, you know, there could have been a lot of different areas that that person could have done. But she was committed to saving that family. In the same way, brothers and sisters, we must be committed to going to a world that is lost. And we must sing of the glorious things that Jesus has done in all the earth. Spurgeon said, in those days when all Israel will be saved and Judah will dwell safely, the jubilant thanksgiving in this verse will be heard. The whole people will sing with such unanimity and with such undivided heart that they will speak as though they were one redeemed person. They will use the singular where their numbers might be plural. I will give thanks to the Lord and he will be exclaimed at the once divided but then united people. 
Brothers and sisters, let us together be sold out to the glorious grace of God. Wherever you are right now in your walk, you need to go back to the glorious grace of God in your life. That you're saved. You can be assured of that. That you could face whatever is coming because of that short testimony. That you can continue to go to the glorious grace spring that you can use in every area of your life. But together, we are part of a redeeming message of the grace of God. And may we be about singing of his excellent greatness. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful, all-conquering grace that you gave to Israel through their salvation and redeemed of a remnant that in the same way you will give a redeemed remnant who put their faith in Christ. That we who trust in you have received an all-conquering grace. God, I pray that it would encourage us as people. You and your word tell us not to leave our first love, and many of us have, and forgotten the wonder of that grace. Now, God, may we be a people who will never stop singing of your grace. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand, and as we sing and respond, let's let the world know where our confidence lies, and that is in Jesus Christ. blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly lean on Jesus name on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground
show a video uh, of kind of a reflection of our time in Salt Lake City this past week. So let's, let's, uh, we're going to watch the video, but let me encourage you, if you, when you see people in the video you recognize, ask people that went how it went. They're going to be able to tell you a much better story than what you're going to see here, but here's a little highlight of our trip this last week.
thankful to send the team to Salt Lake City. And if you want to know more, ask one of those team members and think about being part of a team next year. And uh, thank you to Connor Reed for putting that together. He did that while they were on the trip. And so really thankful for him and uh, the team as they went. A couple quick reminders before we leave. Uh, in your, uh, oh, I just I didn't have this written down, but it almost fell out, so it reminded me. Uh, in your bulletin today is a calendar for the rest of 2022. Uh, to, so mark your calendar so you can be a part of all these different activities. Put it on your refrigerator or put it in your phones. Take a picture of it. But this will help you as you plan out the rest of your calendar year to be part of activities here at Hebron Baptist Church. One of the activities that's not listed on there is tonight is a youth uh, pool party. Uh, and the families are invited uh, to meet our prospective youth director. So uh, if they come tonight, 6 to 8 at the Miller's house, if you need information on that, you can see Clay or you can see Kyle right over here. Uh, this week is the WMU Salad Supper. If you're interested in going and learning about all the WMU missions here in the association and elsewhere, you can go to that. See Kay for more information about that. Also, Tuesday and Wednesday, we're continuing our Gentle and Lowly book uh, club. And so if you've maybe not caught up or you want to catch up, you can do so. There's some extra books and a guide for where you need to be caught up to. Uh, Tuesday night at 8 online or in the fellowship hall at 10 a.m. Uh, on Wednesday. So you can be part of that still. We're coming to that last half of the book. But if you'd like to join us, we'd love to have you. Also a reminder that the Women on Mission is sending a care package or a package to the Richards family. And so next Sunday, if you want to take a note, or bring a note, you need to do that by next Sunday, okay? Here's your reminder. Just do it this week and bring it next Sunday. We want to encourage the Richard family uh, uh, this uh, through that, that uh, time. Speaking of the part-time director, there's a special called Business Meeting uh, next Sunday, and the, uh, the event, is, the only agenda item is about the the job description, so please mark your calendars to be part of that. It'll be a brief meeting following church next Sunday. You'll also get to meet him. He will be here, I think, Sunday morning, uh, so we'll be here for that. But also, you want to be here next week because Carl Porter will be here. We're so excited from across the pond. Our friend will be here. He's going to be doing uh, preaching. He's going to do some training that afternoon at 3 o'clock. There'll be some evangelism training that we'll get to put it in practice and go to Gospel to Every Home afterwards. Uh, whatever part you can be, part, uh, that you can come to, make sure you come because Carl gives great training. Uh, he is not just somebody who talks about it. He lives it, and God blesses him through it. So if you want to know more about evangelism uh, and how to do it, come to that 3 o'clock next week. And then um, he will also, just so you know, uh, he, we're going to be doing an event at the association office where he's going to train area pastors on how to encourage people to take the gospel into the workplace. So we're thankful for his partnership and in his church plant, but also what he can bless us with while he is here. And then the last thing, we have another birthday. Mark's birthday is tomorrow. So we are so thankful for Pastor Mark and all that he does how he leads us in worship, but how he loves us and prays for us. So let's sing for him, because tomorrow's his birthday, and because they sang to me last week. So, <laughs> happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Mark, 
Happy birthday to you. Well, we're thankful for Pastor Mark, but we're thankful for the grace that we find in Jesus Christ. And we're thankful that we get to worship him today. And as we leave and wherever we go, may we tell of his excellent grace. God bless and see you next week.